from State Street in the heart of Chicago. You are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko. Live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP WSHE. HD2 Chicago. A good Karma Brands radio station. Happy Monday. Live in the old National Bank State Street Studio. It's Carmen and Yurko. Mondays are... Meant for talking bears yes. and football in the fall. Yes. And we are Talk the bears. deep in the fall, my friend. Yeah. Week 9 in the NFL wraps tonight. The Bears will kick off week 10. What a matchup. These are the matchups that Jeff Bezos dreamed of. Yes, the, he did. The 1-7 in seven Panthers versus the 2-7 and yes. seven Bears. This is the one. When Jeff Bezos said, I'll give you a billion dollars for Thursday night football. This is what he dreamed of. I hope you're picking up on the sarcasm in my voice. This is actually the kind of matchup that made Jeff Bezos go to Roger Goodell in the offseason and whine and bitch and complain and say, you screwed me and you better make good. And so Roger Goodell said, okay, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll give you a flex option, but only in weeks 13 through 17. Right. So this game... Coming up on Thursday night does not fall into right. the requisite window to be flexed. This game, you screwed the pooch, unfortunately, for you right now. Too bad. Um, so sad. But, Bye-bye, Jeff Bezos. Right. But we are wrapping week nine tonight. We have changed the clocks. I said clocks. We yes, are we have. deep into fall, although it still feels beautiful it's outside. So we got, we got a, a great tumble. week of weather, it looks yeah. like, coming up. Very you going to go play golf today, Carm? I'm not playing golf. You're going you're gonna to swing the sticks out there? I am there? not. The sticks are done for the year. Are I will they? not play golf again I this put year. Mine downstairs, and shockingly enough, have not played any of the flog events this week. This I'm year, shocked. Golf backwards. No, golf after backwards. Vegas, I put them in the basement. I'm not even looking at them. I haven't even unpacked them. I haven't unfurled mm. them. Mm. I have a feeling new sticks might be on the way for the holidays for Johnny Hanson. Whoa, yeah. big time! You know, you got to buy yourself something every once in a while. God forbid. That's you know, aw- that's awesome. Throw that out there. You play enough golf. You deserve to treat yourself oh, to a great last set of sticks. Last time I got a new set of sticks was like 10 years ago. Yeah, then you're probably yeah, due. I'm due. I'm due. Good for you, you Yurko. I am? I'm due. Treat yourself, my friend. Send that upstairs through the uh, our partners up there. Oh, Yurko's looking for a new set of sticks. He- Hello? Hello, McFly? Call, call- Call, call my man Joe Lee at Club Champion. Is anybody Champion. in there? They'll hook you up. Come Will on. They? Yeah. Are you PXG, kidding me? Maybe go to PXG. PXG, sure. There. There's another one. Club Champions. P- uh, club or Champion, I can, you, I think you or can I pick I could just any. go to my club and have the the Titleist uh, young lady or the TaylorMade young lady yeah. come and fit me up. You do deserve that, though. I think, I think um, that club needs to be a little tighter. It is a... <laughs> It's a Bears Monday, so uh, we want phone calls from Bears fans. That's what we do. We don't do we guests. Do. We'll, we'll right. carry Matt Eberflus's press conference. We'll talk NFL. I, I thought we should maybe start implementing a new um, a new rule segment on Mondays, too. I don't even think oh, we wait for the new year. A new segment. Um, the dumb coaching decision of the week or coaches who suck. Um, but because, you know, I, I rail on this I, or, a lot. Or, or with that segment, can we have players who cry? I'd like that okay. one, too. All right, but I don't, I don't so want to bag on guys suck. too much for crying coaches and showing suck. emotion. Well, no, no, no. But we'll coaches talk about Caleb Williams. Players that cry. Coach, I'm not naming names right now. Bye. Right away, you well, wouldn't I know names. what you're talking about. Caleb Williams was crying this hope, weekend after I the hope game. we never do anything wrong. Fight on. You're singing like a songbird right now. Well, I, but every the whole world saw it. I mean, I, everybody gets your joke or your <laughs> reference. That covered him up. If you're a sports fan, the whole world saw they, Caleb Williams they crying. Covered him up. No, they covered him up. Oh, stop it. They're covering him up. Um... 
We'll get to that. Yeah, I think we should do the, the coaching decisions which suck segment in addition to our players of the weekend. And boy, do we have a couple of doozies this weekend, including the Bears-Saints game. Coaches who suck. Uh, and this one wasn't on Matt Eberflus. It was on Dennis Allen. It didn't come yeah. back because his team was playing the Bears. Right. But The fact um, the game was as close indicts Dennis Allen. It does. The fact that the game was as close as it was is an indictment on Dennis Allen. And the fact that in the second quarter, when the Bears were facing a fourth and two at the 11-yard line of the Saints, and Dennis Allen, in all of his wisdom, decided to not decline a holding pendulum and said, you know what, give him, give him third down. Go ahead and give him 12. Third, go ahead and give him third Let's down. Let's give him th- third and 12. On a penalty in which the yardage doesn't knock the team out of field goal range. And you, I wonder what you, the numbers are. you, you got to help right. me. If you crunch the numbers, I agree. Didn't knock them out of field goal range. Fourth and two against third and 12 as far as conversion rates. Were they identical? Were they different? What would you do? What made him think fourth the Bears two, would go you knew on the, fourth I two. don't know. No, I, I don't know. But I'm just saying for you to crunch the numbers, you're yeah. a statistician guy. You're a numbers guy. You're the accountant on the show. What I'm saying is, what is fourth and two? What's the conversion rate in third and 12? Third and 12. Are they similar? Are they not similar? By sending them back, did you help yourself? Didn't you help yourself? I don't know. Well, then the Bears Maybe picked up the third down. Maybe he was playing the numbers, you know? It was amazing. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Why? And then the why spot they... was a horrific spot. It was horrific. Spot. It was a horrific, horrific spot. Corrected with a little consultation. And then they put it beyond the first down marker. And then the guy goes, well, it's not a first down. I know. How? Like, what? I just watched where she marked the ball. Me too. I know. The whole thing She was... moved it a yard and a half and marked the ball where it was a first down. Oh, the play did not result in the first down. Are you blind? <laughs> How could it not? Yes. <laughs> Are you blind? Officiating in the NFL is oh my bad. God. I mean, it's it terrible. I know it's hard, but it's it's, ba- it's just terrible. bad. I mean, at some point, you got to do it better. It's terrible. I watched a replay of a, a tight end for Dallas scoring a touchdown. They didn't call it a touchdown. Well, yeah, that was yeah. Uh, down in the goal line. Yeah, yeah. it was a touchdown. How's it not a touchdown? Ridiculous. Well, wasn't his knee down short of the no, goal line? No. no, no, no. You thought that one was bad? Yeah, that's bad. I put a video out yesterday. I mean, the way they're adjudicating sometimes these pa- uh, roughing the pass for calls. I put yeah. the one out from Washington. I don't know if you saw it, the Washington-New England game. There's just no way, no how you can call that a penalty on the defensive player. And if the league thinks that that's okay, I, I just can't. I-, I-, I can't buy it. And I get that they're going to be mistakes, I guess, from time to time. But then they need to circle back this offseason, reconvene with their officials, and figure out a better way to adjudicate that that penalty. Right. I mean, there's, there, you know, you you just cannot. It's and it's punitive. It's 15 yards. It's a first down. You cannot allow. God forbid that to happen in a significant game. Not doesn't really matter. It's Washington, New England, but right. you can't allow it to happen. In a significant game, and I think we see a couple of them every week. It's not like they're uh, calls that very rarely happen. We're seeing it happen way too often. The Bears-New Orleans game is the exact reason I would point to somebody and say, this is why you can't gamble on the NFL. This is why you don't gamble on the NFL. That game should have been a 38-14 game. Easily. That's a 38-14 game. Where you are Cadillac and puffing on a cigar, Easily. enjoying a nice bourbon in front of you, enjoying you giving away the eight and a half points. Yeah. The fact that New Orleans minus the points lost that game yesterday is exactly why you well, cannot bet on the NFL. And I'll one up you on not only the, the side, but how about the total? So yeah. one of the best plays I gave out on Odds Couple this week on the pod, and hopefully you're listening each and every week, 
as uh, we continue to give out lots of winners. Uh, I've been on an absolute terror the last month. I did go one and one of the best plays this week. But one of the best plays, Yurko, was under in the Bears-Saints game. Do you know what I gave it out at? What? 41 and a half. Game finished at 41. And there's no way that game should have finished at 41. There's no way I should have won money on that game yesterday. There's no way anybody that listened to me and Mike and said, Carmen's been hot, I'll ride with him. We should have lost that game. So it is hard. Sometimes it goes your way. Yesterday it went our way. We got. I felt fortunate. I really did. I'm like, there's no possible way this game can finish under, and it did. It took a missed field goal in the fourth quarter. Do you know how many plays inside the Bears' territory the Saints ran in the fourth quarter yesterday, Yurk? Do you have? It any seemed ad- like it was every play, Yurko. It didn't seem like it was every play. It was every yeah, play. It was every play. I'm going to repeat that for everybody. Okay? Listen up. Every single offensive snap that the New Orleans Saints took in the fourth quarter yesterday was inside the Bears' territory. They scored seven points. Before the final kneel down at the end of the game, the New Orleans Saints ran 22 plays in the fourth quarter alone in Bears' territory. And scored seven total points. So Yurko's right. Not only did you feel like if you had the Bears plus the points, you somehow escaped with a win. That we escaped with the win on the under is just impossible. So for every bad beat, sometimes there are games like that, and maybe it all evens out. Good wins. But I don't know how we won that one, Chris. I have no idea. Yeah. And when the fourth quarter started... I was like, there is no way this game is finishing under, and somehow it did. I subscribe to the show on ESPN2 that airs at the same time as SVP, Bad Beats. I watch Good Wins good on wins. ESPN2. That's awesome. Yeah. Somehow, good the wins. Bears, somehow the Bears with the points in the under were good wins, and I don't know how that the Bears were in that game, a one-score game as a minus five in turn- turnover differential is incredible, and it speaks to how crummy in a lot of areas, the New Orleans Saints are, yeah. especially on offense. Yes. That, that's basically, and we we sang the praises of their defense a lot last week. What did I tell you about Paulson Adebo? That kid's balling, man. Oh, oh yeah, he's good. I told you that kid's balling. And Yurko said today in the office, he goes, "That kid's gonna make the Pro Bowl if anything, based on this game alone." Yeah, but he's he's had a great season. Right, he's been the better corner than Marshawn Lattimore. We documented that for you last week. We told you to watch out for Paulson Adebo. He was great. Tyson Bajan also, you know. Listen, I love the way the kid sees the game. Right. There are obvious physical limitations to what he can do playing the quarterback position. I, and I don't mean to – I'm not trying to be mean. his arm. His arm. I mean, I, his arm. I wish I could have played a Division II sport. I'm not right. bagging on the kid. Like, that's yeah. awesome. There's a reason he played Division II football. And there is just no life, no zip, no juice whatsoever on his throws. And it's it's tough in the NFL. And those – the windows close quick no matter what. And if you have troubles, you know, really zipping the ball into tight windows, like, uh, it's it's tough. I mean. The, fu- the funniest part I saw yesterday's game, you know, Bajan playing at Division two level and then coming up and playing in the pros is when he tried to outrun a linebacker to the corner and that linebacker walked him like there was no tomorrow. I go, see, this is an NFL linebacker, not a Division two linebacker. You're not going to outrun a guy to a corner that plays linebacker in the NFL. You won't do it. 
If you're Most a four guys seven, can't do it, right? If you're a four yeah. seven guy, you're running against four seven linebackers. Right, exactly. Most exactly. of the time. Then you got the rare guy that runs four five. Right. He's sure. a linebacker. Sure. Can fly. Brian Urlacher. He's going to catch you in half a heartbeat. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Lance Briggs. Lance be Briggs. He'll be on you. It's a great point, right? Eric. Like, and so there are so he goes running around the corner, think he's going to turn that corner. No, there ain't no corner to turn. There are obvious physical limitations, you know, uh, but I love the way the kid processes. And I was thinking about something watching him. Yurko for years has talked about who's the most brilliant mind you've always told us that you've been around in terms of offense, player-wise, Yurko. You used to always talk about him in Green Bay in the quarterback room, and you just said he just, he got it. He got off. Ty Detmer. Ty Detmer. Yurko would always say, like, Ty Detmer just got it. Oh, yeah. Ty Detmer could see everything he, that he needed could, to be seen. He, could see, and, and he separated both of his shoulders against Texas A&M in right. the bowl game. And when he came back into the pros, that arm strength just wasn't there. It was 10% less than it was when he was in college. And that was enough for him just to become an average arm strength guy. And, uh, you know, it's, it, at points in time, it would just come back to haunt him. But Yurko said it forever. But his mind was say, unbelievable. His mind was incredible. And I bet you if Yurko sat in a room for an hour with Tyson Bajan and talked NFL football, uh, talked offense, I bet you Yurko would come out of that room and goes, the kid knows. Yeah. There's no doubt that yeah. the kid can go one, two, three, and he's quick with his decision making and he knows where the ball's supposed to go. But there are very obvious then, physical limitations. Every and, time he throws the ball, you hear poof. Just because there's no. And, and this is why Justin Fields has to get back. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it is what it is. Like, he, they found a. He's like a diamond in the rough. I'll give you that. Like, he's a great. He'll, he'll be a. I bet you he'll play in this league for a long time as a very capable and serviceable backup that teams will be able to trust. And he processes well, and he's got the mind for it, and that's all great. But Justin needs to get back. Maybe he gets back this Thursday. We'll find out what Matt Eberflus says about it when he meets the media coming up, and then he'll be on with Waddle and Sylvie at about 3.30 today as he does the coaches show here on your home for the Bears. We will jump out and start taking your Bears calls. Your thoughts... Yurko also said something interesting in the meeting I want to bring up about I did. where we, yeah, you did. And not like it, it was just your honest assessment and reaction when you walked in this morning. And I think it's the reaction of a lot of Bear fans right now. I felt the same way yesterday at 315 when the game was over. We'll talk about that coming up. 312-332-3776 as we break down Bear Saints. Quick turnaround for week 10. Bears play Thursday night at home against Carolina. It's a Bears Monday here on your home for Bears football. We'll be right back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Beach into the gun. Brings Mooney in motion to the near side slot. Here's the snap. Corner blitz. Everything's picked up as he winds up. He throws over the middle and intercepted again. Going for Tyler Scott and swiped by Paulson Adebo. His second interception today. Third for the Saints. How to throw over the middle. Here's the snap. Komet on the chip hit from behind. Bajan is swallowed up. And the ball comes out. It's still on the ground. Scooped up by the Saints finally at the 17-yard line. Warner, the linebacker, five turnovers. Minus five, you're not going to win in the NFL. It's amazing it was as close as it was. That was yesterday in New Orleans. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, the great voices of the Chicago Bears here in your home for Bears football, ESPN Chicago. It's Carmen and York. Matt Eberflus will meet the media. Maybe we'll get some news on fields. We'll carry it live when that happens. That's going to be the biggest thing this week. Short week, a couple of walkthroughs, a little light practice Wednesday. 
Then they'll be uh, hosting the one and seven Carolina Panthers, who just look terrible. Um, and shame on me. I tried to go to the the well back to back weeks with the Panthers. Had them last week. Gave it a go again. An odds yeah. couple. That was my loser this week, unfortunately. Yep. And uh, shame on me. I thought you know Frank Reich against his old team. Colts maybe looking ahead to Germany. Two interception returns for touchdowns. Carm. Two. Two. Uh, he just doesn't look Not good. Not one by two. He doesn't look good. That yeah. they lost Brian Burns. I, I do think the Bears will win. They're a favorite. They're about a field goal, maybe a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I'll put a 16 on them. They're going to have a 16 on them. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about what's best for the Bears uh, in you know in terms of this matchup, playing the lowly Panthers since they own that pick. Right. But um, a couple things, the turnovers you know that we've been talking about here. Um, you have any idea which team in the NFL is uh, the worst right now in, in turnover uh, margin and differential? Turnover margin and differential. Yeah, it differential. would be one of your worst teams that sure. are out there. It's either yeah. going to be Arizona, the Bears, or Carolina. The Bears. The Bears are a minus nine. Uh, minus that means nine. they've got nine more giveaways than yes. they have takeaways. Yes, they're, yes. They're a minus nine that's worse than the NFL. The quarterbacks, Tyson, Bajent, and Justin Fields, between interceptions and fumbles lost combined? Yeah. 17. 17. They've played nine games. It's almost two a game. It's yes. 1.9 a game. Yeah. 1.89 a game. It's up there. Almost two a game from your quarterbacks alone. It's no good, Carl. And it's a tough way to win. Yurko walked in. You know, he did post game with Peggy yesterday. Yurko walked into the office today. And he said, and I'm sort of paraphrasing, but you, you sort of said what I have felt these last couple of weeks. I'm not upset. What am I supposed to be upset about? And it's not like I'm sitting there yesterday cheering for the Bears to lose, but I'm not going to be upset when the Bears lose to the Saints. They won three games last year. They've got two wins this year. It was a miracle they were in it. A miracle. I think that's what I said. It was a miracle. It was a one-score game. I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to let it ruin my day or my week? Yeah, that should have been 38-14. That's what the final of that game should have been, 38-14. It was a miracle that they were in it at the end. I went on the postgame show and I simply said, uh, uh, there's no angst. I'm, no, not, that, that, I'm not getting angry. Perfect. Yeah. There's no angst. Like, None. wake me up when these games uh, mean something. Yeah. When you're ready to compete, wake me up. Like, I, I didn't I, know I'm Dar- waiting. I didn't know Darnell Wright only had a second and third holding penalty in that game, you know, which is good. Darnell Wright going up against the man. You're going up against the man. You're going the man. against the man. I agree with you. You're going up against the man. I agree with you. You're going to get a little bit of an education there going up against the man. Even at his age. Yeah. Like, and he gave up a sack, too. And, and that's all right. You don't mind it. You don't mind getting the lessons. Those are the lessons that a young man needs to learn from a veteran defensive end and a defensive lineman. I don't mind those lessons to be learned. I'll say one more thing about an offensive player on the Bears, then we'll take some phone calls. Um, then I'll say If I'm something. looking for some positives, yeah, the Bears have a stud on offense, and his name is Tevin Jenkins. Yes. Tevin Jenkins is a stud. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we've known this. Like It's been trending this way. If they can keep him motivated and healthy, the Bears have, quite frankly, a premier guard in the NFL. That kick can flat out ball. He can ball. And that's that's a good thing. And he can and flat out ball. If Nate Davis ever comes back healthy, and I have a feeling you're gonna need the offseason for that to happen. And Nate Davis, Tevin Jenkins, uh, Braxton Jones, he have the, you know, okay, we're trying to get him back, trying to get him active. Larry Borum ended up coming in his steed yes. after the holding call and the illegal procedure call. So maybe the fatigue was starting to set in there. I think he got four-fifths of the making of an offensive line with the center being such an it's, obvious, it's glaring problem. Terrible. Such a terrible problem. So I think the center position is what you need to fix. You might be okay on the offensive line. Yep, 
I think you're right. Get a stud center. Uh, Secondly, Mooney. Hey, if Mooney can escape the grip of the Chicago Bears, and I have a feeling he might be able to, Kansas City will probably sign him. And let me tell you what he's going to do in Kansas City. Mm. He'll be a 1,500-yard receiver with the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow. He, there is no player on this team that needs more of an emancipation from the Chicago Bears <laughs> than does Mooney. So Mooney can go and That's feel good. good about himself. Yeah. Mooney's got some skill. He's yes. got some talent. Yes. He has just been saddled here in the city of Chicago. You're well said, you Saddled with an off, a woeful offense. It's well said. Jameis is in lacrosse. What's up, Jameis? I owe you guys lunch. Yeah, what was the as bet again? As soon as I saw number 12 waving off and the ball going over his head, I said, there we go. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I can't Uh, even remember the specific. you got to be kidding me. Listen, Valus is, I I don't know what to say. Again, I can't even pretend to get mad anymore. For what? This was their draft pick a year ago. This was their first offensive draft pick a year ago of this new regime. That's the first okay. offensive play they drafted. It, it's I, I can't imagine what Ryan Poles and his people are thinking on a week uh, a week in and week out basis. I really can't. I and I got I almost feel bad for Valus because I think the kid's trying. It's just everything he does is a negative play. Everything. Everything is a negative play. Well also, can I just say that uh Jerome Loomis or whoever number seven is on the Saints is basically Bayless. Every time they put him out there, you knew he was going to run the ball. Taysom. I mean, what were we doing? Yeah, you're thinking of Taysom Hill, yeah. Yeah, number seven, Taysom, Taysom Hill. Taysom, Tyson, who cares? Uh, so, I, all right, I owe you guys lunch. Okay. So. Thank you. Thank you, James. You coordinate with Adam. He's from the land of sky blue waters, yes, Lacrosse, Wisconsin. Thanks, James. Ray's on the south side. Go ahead, Ray. Hey, man, what's going on, uh, Carmen and York? This is my first time calling, man. Um, I usually don't even like like to wait this long, but I'm like, I'm I'm just so infuriated with like this fan base and like, like if Justin Fields throws out that stat line in the first half in his third start in his rookie rookie year, right? Like, what's the narrative? Like, are we taking a positive out of that first half? Or are we bashing him, designating him as a backup quarterback? Like. Just because Tyson Bajan came from a D2 school and he's undrafted, like, scouts, get, scouts and GMs get this wrong all the time. We don't know what this guy is. Like, why can't we let this guy develop? Like, it makes no sense. Like, this fan base, we are the reason why we are this bad. Like, look at San Francisco. They had a guy that was in front of him making huge money in Garoppolo, a backup quarterback who they invested a plenty of draft capital in, and they was able to pivot off both of those guys and let – What's his name? Um, Brock Purdy be the guy. I, I just don't understand his fan base. Like, man, I, I just don't get it. Like, I, I'm fed up with it, man. Um, I mean, I, I'll just listen wow. to you guys. Ray, Ray, dude, here's the only thing. It's naturally going to come to its end probably after Thursday. I think Beijing gets one more start. You do? Okay. I don't know if his hand is going to be ready okay. without pain to be able to grip football. I, I, I don't want him to come back. Have the ball in his hand, have it drop out of it because of the thumb. Okay, that's what I don't want to yeah, have. They happen. have enough problem with ball security. Both Beijing these quarterbacks. Gets one more start, one more start against Carolina. Uh, Ten more days, then to come back for Fields to get back out there. He is what he is. I'm not saying he's a Division two guy. I was Great one double A guy. Once you make the NFL, the expectations of that in the NFL are there. You've got to play the minimum standard. Beijing does play the minimum standard, but 
in his third game, he's not going to have the luxury of the rest of the season to go ahead and develop because you still need answers on Justin Fields. Well, I guess that's what makes Ray mad, I suppose. Yeah. Like if I, you know, but right. I, I uh, life's not fair. It's not going to be fair for Bajan. It's not going to be fair for Fields. Life is not fair, but decisions going to have to be made. And ultimately, when they fire Eberflus, those decisions are going to have to be made, too. Brian is in Florida, sunny Florida, on ESPN 1000 with Carmen in New York. What's going on, Brian? Hey, guys. Uh, I flew uh, I flew to the game um, uh, to watch and uh, just want to give a plug for your guys' show because I listen to the podcast usually when I'm off work at 9 o'clock. My girlfriend is from Belarus. Mm. And so loves, love, <laughs> loves soccer but really doesn't understand American football. So I convinced her to go. Mm-hmm. So your show is on, I don't know, the last year and a half, and I think she's never paying attention. But in the fourth quarter, when Bajent threw another interception, she said, I just don't understand why he keeps throwing to the other team. She said, but Yurko told you on Monday that the worst thing you could possibly do is go to this football game. We went to Antoine's. We went to... Oh, beautiful. <laughs> so... I didn't. I to me, when watching the game, it's the first time I've seen in a long, long time that first half somebody look like a professional quarterback. Yeah, no, he looked what, good except for the one interception that was Brian, a mystery, thanks, buddy. right? That interception he threw where the corner kind of baited him. Yes. Came, you it was can't the first to Debo. You can't go left, come back right, and think that there's not going to be people you don't see. And he was covering uh, the the running back uh, uh, Foreman. Yes, he was covering right on the sideline, and as he scanned back across the field, went back right. He came off of him, kind of, okay, let me see if he's going to do this. He threw it, and he threw it right into his hands. Yeah. All right, got to take a quick break. Brian, thank you for calling. We'll get back to all your phone calls. We're going to listen to Matt Eberflus when he meets the media live at Hallis. want to see if we get any update on Justin Fields. 312-332-37. Oh, stretch? I'm stretching now. Okay. Is he coming to the podium, uh, Adam? This is breaking, oh, news breaking news on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. Breaking news. What do we have? The Bears have announced? No, I don't think anybody saw this coming. From Ken Rosenthal, from Jeff Passan, the Chicago Cubs are hiring Craig Council as their manager. Wow. Jesse was just texting Sylvie and I about that, that he was leaving Milwaukee, and he said, it's going to be interesting. I said, any chance 35th and Shields? And Jesse laughed. Damn, my baseball team. Craig, so Rossi's out, and Craig Council is in. Wow, that is big news. Okay, breaking news. It's Black and Abdallah's nightmare. Somehow we got to talk baseball now. They're like, wait a minute, how's baseball going to work its Not way? No, this is worthy. This is up, worthy yeah. baseball conversation. <laughs> you know, I just texted Jesse fifteen minutes ago. I hey said, there, buddy, any any chance uh, the, my guys thirty fifth and Shields? Maybe Council ends up there. Jesse laughed. 15 minutes later, he's on the north side. What a kick in the ball. Well, this is a reason to have Jesse to just on. Kick. So, yeah. Tell Jesse to figure out what the yeah, hell we'll happened. Get, let's get Jesse Ross on. to the Sox. Huh? Who? I'd, I'd probably, I'd take it. Sure, it's like Ricky Renteria. I'll, well, it's bad. I'll take it. Right? It's like Ricky hey, Renteria. Let's try. We're going to have to find time for Jesse. Take breaking, all the Cubs rejects. Breaking news. The Cubs are hiring Craig Council. Sylvie's going to go uh, running by the window all excited here in a minute, I think, when he comes into work. All right, we'll break. We'll listen to Matt Eberflus. Uh, we'll maybe get some news on fields, and we've got breaking news on the north side. The Cubs have hired Craig Council to be their new manager. Wow. All right, we'll be right back. 
follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports. Uh, There is not much that's going to bump the Bears off the front page midseason on a Monday, but we told you the breaking news just a few moments ago. Sylvie, I told you Sylvie was going to be excited. Look who's outside doing his video right now outside the old National Bank uh, State Street Of course, Street it doesn't take much. The Cubs have hired Craig Council to be their new manager. He was out of contract. I, and Black said it during the break. Has David Ross been fired? Well, yeah. Well, no, you hired a manager. I haven't seen the well, report that he's I, been fired. Well, I don't know. Do they reassign him? I mean, would Rossi... I don't, I don't know. That's what I would wonder. The, the one team in town that, that seemingly gets it at this point, you know, and I, we've given Ricketts crap over the years, especially during the pandemic. A lot of his rhetoric during the pandemic was nonsense. Uh, it, it, it's, it, I, I get annoyed when I hear owners like uh, Bill DeWitt and Tom Ricketts talk about the, they don't buy baseball teams to make money. That, yeah, that's, that's crap. That's nonsense. That's, that, that's, it's, it's absurd. You don't get into business and not to you know, make money. Of course not. Yeah. And we're broke and we My have dad no money. My didn't buy TD Ameritrade to make money. He just did it to be a nice guy. But I'll give Ricketts BS. credit. And I, and I love Jed Hoyer. You know what I think about Theo and, and a lot of his disciples and what I think about Jed. I wish my team operated like them. I mean, I, I you know, my team's going to go out and trade for the last two years of uh, 35-year-old Salvador Perez and sign with Merrifield. Players. You know. They'll find all the declining assets they can find. Clubhouse. And just keep the managers clueless. Eh, you know, eh, business as usual. It's fine. Dug out. Meantime, the, the team up there, Joe Madden's available. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to go out and get Joe Madden. Craig Council's available. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to go out and get Craig what Council. What happens to Rossi? That's all I want to know. I mean, Let's did get Rossi, Jesse on, did, guys, did Rossi at some point know here? this is happening? I'm on the paint on mine list, apparently. We got Eberflus, guys? You guys direct me. Let me yeah, know what's I'm just happening. trying to figure out what the hell's going got, on. There's a lot happening. Uh, as Rossi have a we're job? We're following the breaking news that the Cubs have hired counsel. And we're going we're gonna to carry Eberflus. Okay, so Eberflus is stepping to the podium. Uh, Curry, Here we go. Blessing, he will be out for this game. Uh, he's in the concussion protocol. Uh, uh, Brisker is back uh, full goal, and he's been cleared. Uh, so that's a, a positive for us. Excited to see him back. And then uh, Justin Fields is still, you know, limited um, in practice. You know, so we're, I know we're walking through, but uh, it's good to get him out here last week, and we'll see where it is. Um, and he's day to day, you know, so we're literally uh, seeing where it is today, and then see where it goes from there, and we'll know more on Wednesday um, in terms of how that progresses. Um, and also, uh, Maine is also day to day. Tremaine Edmonds is also day to day. We'll see where he goes in terms of. Uh, his workload today, um, and also uh, tomorrow, we'll know more on Wednesday for sure. Um, you know, relative to the game, you know, as we talked about uh, before uh, last night, um, really comes down to the to our fourth quarter and the takeaways that we had in the fourth quarter, the giveaways. Um, but again, you know, those things always come down to a couple things. You know, obviously, you know, uh, decision making by the quarterback—that's certainly one of them, right? And if you look at all the different ones, and then, you know. Uh, the receivers coming back to the football, you know, knocking the ball down. That's that's always a, a, an important factor there and being friendly for the quarterback. So, again, all those things happened yesterday. I'm not going to get in particular details of each one of, each one of those things, but uh, certainly we're pleased the way 
um, our football team played uh, for three quarters um, during that time. And then uh, just the takeaways in the fourth quarter hurt us. Uh, love the way they responded. The defense responded to those on the short fields uh, to keep giving our team a chance uh, to win. Uh, but again, it's it's a it's a team effort that has to come into place to win the football game. And uh, we just need more takeaways throughout the course of the game on on defense to equal that amount. Uh, certainly uh, up to the fourth quarter. Um, so uh, again, we're disappointed, but our eyes are forward um, on to Carolina. And this week is going to be, you know, we have two of these this year, and it's going to be similar to last time. You know, so we have walkthrough practices, um, you know, coming in today, and uh, guys get a lot of reps, and it's about really getting the bodies right uh, first with the with the performance staff. That's a big important part uh, for our guys, and then getting the mind right. You know, getting the mind right for this uh, challenge that's ahead of us with the short week, and uh, getting the reps uh, that we need to get to and walk through. And the guys did a fantastic job with that last time, and uh, we need to duplicate that this time in terms of getting the mind and the body right uh, going into this Thursday. Uh, with that, open up questions. And how does the short week uh, affect uh, Fields' preparedness to play and your decision to have him play uh, against Carolina? Yeah, like I said, it's it's literally. I know it's a shortened down time frame, but again, it's day to day. You know, so we'll just decide. You know, we'll look at it today. Look how he's doing today. His functionality and see where it is. Um, you know, injury guys coming off an of injury always comes down to the medical staff clearing them, uh, how the player feels he can function in the game, and then the coaches looking at it and say, hey, yes, he can function at a high level and get the job done. So it's always those three factors. With what Bajan's done, how, for lack of a better way of putting it, how much, how badly do you need Justin to come back? Well, I would just say that Bajan has done well. You know, he's done well, obviously really played really well um, through three quarters, and we're excited where he is. You know, I think he had, you know, 271 yards through three quarters, you know, in terms of passing and running. Um, so uh, we feel good where he is. Um, but if, if Justin is there and is available and functional, um, you know, he will also will go with him. So we'll see where it is. Do you anticipate Khalil Herbert coming back, getting designated to return this week from IR? Um, like, like I said, uh, well, with Herbert and EQ and uh, uh, Blackwell, I believe, uh, we're, they're all eligible to open up their window, and we're discussing that later today to figure that out. Matt, when looking back at the offensive play calls in the second half, what was the reason that Tyson was asked to maybe do more from the pocket than what he was doing maybe in that first half? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, again, about the design of it. You know, it's just, uh, you know, there wasn't, you know, a reason for that going inside, outside of the pocket. We were doing what we thought was going to win the football game, you know, for us. And, uh Again, that's where it is. You know, that's where it is. And, and uh, again, some of those things in the fourth quarter um, were really about us just execution, you know, the execution piece of it. And we got to do a better job. Um, and protecting the football is number one. And, and when you do that, and when we've done that, we've had, we've had success as a football team. Matt, when you uh, look at the box score, it doesn't look like Montez Sweat stuffed the stat sheet, but it looks like he actually had a pretty solid pressure rate. So you go back and you look at the tape. What do you see that, you know, maybe – led to him having an impact, even though it's not showing up in the stats. Yeah, uh, no doubt. He did have a, a, you know, it's really helped free up the other guys. Uh, you saw him chipping, you know, guys chipping him out when on the way out to the route, you know, so that certainly helps other guys. Um, and I thought our rushers were really rushing well and got some good pressures um, in terms of pressures uh, on the quarterback and made him force the ball on some of those third downs a little bit earlier than he wanted to. Um, and certainly, Tez was a big part of that. And he was—he was—he had a few of those, as you—as you mentioned. Um, so it's uh, its going to be really big for us going forward. And a credit to him. I mean, shoot, he was here what uh, four days, maybe, 
uh, before he uh, got out there on the football field and learned a, a new language, so to speak, in terms of terms and, and uh, really functioned well uh, in that environment and uh, for a football team. Is there something you're not seeing yet with Dexter and Pickens for them to have a more consistent consistent role week to week? I know like the snap counts for them seem to be fluctuating. Yeah, yeah, we, we want to get those guys going. Um, really nothing to see there. Uh, we would love to get those guys going. I think Dexter has done a good job of pressuring the quarterback, um, and uh, we just got to get him in there. Um, not to say that we're not trying to get him in there. It's just sometimes it's a function of, you know, the rotation and then what's going on with third downs and, and two minute and those types of things. But uh, um, we love those two guys. They're working their tail off and they're getting better. You know, we really feel that they're improving, you know, in terms of just, you know, the takeoff and their pad level and the things that we want those guys to work on. And with regard to those guys, is there any, uh, is there ever a point where you will give them more snaps just to, because the experience is more valuable than, you know, than that? I mean, I know you want to play your best guys, the best chance sure. to win and all that, yeah. but at some point uh, there's a benefit to playing those guys. Well, do you think you'll ever reach that point uh, this season where yeah. you'll do that just because you need them? You know, yeah, I do. I think balance is, is good. I think, you know, the more you can have balance with your, you know, if you're rotating four tackles, it keeps, you know, Billings a little bit fresher, you know, keeps Justin a little bit fresher. And we we're really pleased obviously with those two guys where they're at. And, uh, you know, but I think it'll help us in the fourth quarter if we balance those, those reps out, you know, during the course of the first three. Um, so the guys are fresh at the end. Cole Komet led the team in all receiving categories last year, so he's obviously done it. But it seems like he's taking even another step, especially the catch that he made yesterday. What have you seen from Cole this season? Yeah, just a, a, a pro's pro, right? Um, he's been leading our football team, you know, through this adversity that we're going through. And uh, he's been great. You know, his uh, attitude and the way he goes about his business in terms of his work and uh, his enjoyment of his, the day-to-day operation um, is just contagious, you know, to everybody else. And that's what he's really done for me, uh, mostly. Now, in terms of his performance on the on the field, it's been outstanding. His blocking has been really good. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always showing him, you know, on the day before the game, his extra effort blocking, him blocking two guys and him down the field blocking. And that, to me, is the stuff you don't see. Um, and now what we do all see is, is the athletic catches and the catches that he had yesterday. You know, and, and you know, and the credit to, to Bajan, too, he put it on the money on, on, on both those. And when you throw a ball, like the first touchdown, um, you know, that's a 50-50 ball, you know, and, and he, what a great catch um, that he had there and able to come down with that, the concentration, you know, to be able to hit the ground and, you know, still make that catch because you got to survive the ground on that one. And, uh, and he did a really good job on that. And then the next touchdown was really amazing, just the sell, you know, how he sold that with the block, you know, and then the release off of that, and then the concentration to high point that ball, um, you know, in the end zone there and really just to violently tuck it at the end to, to secure the touchdown was really cool. Um, but he had a lot of good plays other than that, you know, and that, that we don't talk about. And uh, he is just playing at a very high level right now. Man, understanding the big picture with Justin, if he is able to come back on Thursday, what do you hope to see of him for this final stretch uh, of this regular season? Yeah, we're like I said, Justin's day to day, and we'll see where it is. But uh, you know, when he comes back, we want to, we want to perform at a very high level, and as he's done in a, in a few games leading up to this, and uh, that's what we want to see from him. Man, last season uh, your team didn't commit as many penalties; was one of the better units in the league. This year, it kind of seems to be the exact opposite. How do you kind of explain that? Yeah, I mean, you break them down. And, uh, you know, we got to do a better job. 
you know, uh, you know, there's too many holdings and too many false starts, you know, and some of those you agree to disagree with, you know, the holdings. Um, I think we did a really good job of finishing guys yesterday in the run game. And I think we got called for a couple of those. Um, so we'll see where that is. But we're always going to ask our guys to finish, you know. Um, you know, I know that Tevin had a really good game and finishing. You know, there's a lot of good guys that really move the line of scrimmage, and you could really see that and feel that during the course of the game. So we're going to continue to do that. Uh, we just got to be good with our technique. If we are finishing guys at the very end, we can kind of clean that up a little bit. Uh, but definitely the false starts, we got to make sure we take care of that uh, going into the second half of the season. On that note of the right side of the offensive line with, like, Tevin moving back there, how have you seen, you know, that – part get solidified do you feel like there's more opportunities when you watch the tape back from yesterday that you could have maybe sent more runs to that direction obviously like in the moment I'm sure you're doing what's effective but like do you see opportunity for that now yeah I I think we sent a good amount over there that's for sure Um, but uh, having those guys next to each other is really really cool uh, because those guys can uh, work together they both have a lot in their bodies in terms of power and functionality at those positions and uh, you certainly saw that yesterday uh, but we feel good about running to the other side, too. You know, we really do, and it's uh, it's been uh, effective that way, too. Man, on the flip side of the penalty issue, this, I think this is the second time your opponent has had one penalty. How much do you as a coach feel like your opponent's penalties are a reflection of how you're playing? In other words, with you know, with the, with the aggressiveness or just the approach that forces your opponent to make more mistakes and commit more penalties? I mean, do you buy that? Is that, is that a, a fair theory? Um, I, I don't know. I've never looked at it that way. Um, but... Uh, I always say that, you know, it's just, you know, the game is what it is, right? So we we control we can control. You know, that's all I look at it. So the penalties are on us. We got to do a better job controlling those. And uh, to me, it's about the pre-snap ones, you know, and then some of those are judgment calls by the officials, you know, like the DPIs, the holdings, you know, um, all those things are some judgment calls. Uh, that, like I said, you can agree to disagree with at the time, but uh, but again, the pre-snap penalties we got to take care of. But as far as the, your opponent's penalties, do, do you feel like, your aggression helps create create those penalties, create create penalties by your opponent. You know. Yeah, I don't look at. Like, yeah, I don't look at it that way. I don't look at it that way. Just focus on us. Um, you know, for sure. But uh, I haven't looked at it that way. You guys are eight months eight months removed now from the uh, trade with Carolina in the off season. When you try to like when you evaluate that in the short term of having DJ here, and then like the long term of what it sets you guys up to do in, in the off season, how how do you look at it? It's great. I mean, you know, you figure that we had an opportunity to get DJ in that trade, and he's been uh, remarkable. Um, and he's, he's a lot like Cole. You know, he lights the room up, and he's a big part of our culture and a big part of what we do in day-to-day operation. And uh, But uh, what he does on the field has been great. And uh, we're certainly excited to have a, that premier player on our roster for sure. And then leading into the future, I mean, it's, it's really sets us up nice. And uh, we're excited about what we can do with that uh, going, going forward. With Braxton Jones, uh, what did you see out of him when he was on the field, and how did he come out of the game? Does it look like he could maybe play a full game? On yeah, he he was good. He was good. But uh, typically, uh, when you get a guy that comes back, um, there's a little bit of an endurance uh, sometimes, and we felt that a little bit. So uh, he rotated in there and did a nice job. Uh, he was really really solid in there for the first time coming back. You know, as they say, knocking the rust off a little bit, and uh, he'll continue to do that. And we'll talk about the rotation as we get closer to the game. All right, there's Matt Eberflus meeting the media more when he joins Waddle and Sylvie later today, 335 here on your home for the Bears. The Cubs have signed Craig Council to a five-year, $40 million contract, making him the highest-paid manager in baseball. Is that right? The Cubs just went out and 
outbid the Mets? Well, I guess I shouldn't say that because I don't know particulars. Everybody assumed he was going to the Mets. The new person in charge in New York, York, is the former GM in Milwaukee. Right. And it was pretty much assumed that Craig Council was going going to to be going to join David Stern. Quality of life difference, though. New York, having to go there. We're going to talk to Jesse at one. Uh, Did the Cubs just jump in and outbid him? Uh, We're also learning, according to Jesse, that this came together in about the last week, that they never reached out to Milwaukee before November 1st to get permission to speak to him. So it kind of came together quick. The Cubs set their sights on Craig Council. They wanted him, and they got him for $8 million a year. The Cubs just pulled a a badass move. Mm -hmm. I mean, they did, you know. And what did they do? Pat David Ross on the head and sit him down, give him a little pat on the head. Like, I don't know. Like Jackie Wright to Benny Hill. You can you ask know? Benny, Benny Hill to Jackie Wright. You know? So give big a tap on the head and say, it'll be okay. It'll be okay, Jackie. Big breaking news. Uh, we're talking Bears and Cubs now today. I swear 30 minutes ago, I'm joking with Jesse. Like, any chance the White Sox are interested in counsel? Well, you knew the White Sox were My team thinks big. What do you think Jerry Reinsdorf would say if have to pay a manager $8 million a year? Ridiculous. I would never do such a crazy thing. <laughs> Why would I be so silly? Who, who I want to pocket all the money. I want to manage the team anyway. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Hey, boo boo. Why does my Jerry Reinsdorf sound I, like Yogi I, the Bear? I, I don't know. I think mine did a mine, little bit. Mine better, sounds so. like Yogi the Bear. It's silly to pay a manager hey, $8 million dollars a year. I want a picnic basket. I got to make more money for my uh, my investors. Who cares about it, the Sox? And if we all we have to do is be close. Uh, we'll talk to Jesse at one. We'll be right back.